Chapter 4, The Mission Back at Earth Force Command, Admiral Timpson is trying to list one more mission out of Captain Jack Bifford before he retires from Earth Force. Admiral Timpson walks into his waiting room and greets his old friend Jack. The two men exchange pleasantries as they made their way into the Admiral's office. Once seated, Jack looks at the Admiral and says, I'm sure this is not a social visit. Admiral Timpson stares straight at his old friend. Jack, I need you to take on one last mission before your retirement. Not wanting to say no right away, Jack reminds the Admiral that his retirement is only a week away. He inquires about the longevity of the mission, but the Admiral cannot give him a definite answer. Jack Narson says, Okay, I'm listening. Jack sits back comfortably in the old leather chair and asks where the mission would take him, but he quickly reminds the Admiral he has not accepted it. The Admiral acknowledges him and quickly mentions the name Orion. Surprised, Jack says, Orion, isn't that in the border zone? While handling Jack a cigar, the Admiral informs him that it is just a recon mission. As he lights his cigar, he promised Jack, that when he returns, he will throw him the biggest damn retirement party the universe has ever known. While taking a puff from his cigar, Jack begins to cough. He looks up at the Admiral and says, I was never too fond of these damn Mars cigars. Do you have anything else? The Admiral reaches in his humidor and grabs a Floridian Cuban stick and hands it to Jack. He also realizes that he will have a hard time convincing his old friend to take the mission. So he decides to take their conversation to a personal level by telling Jack to call him by his first name. Being acquainted with the Admiral for over 20 years, Jack knows the Admiral isn't telling him everything and that he would not waste his skill level on a recon mission. Before the Admiral can take his seat, Jack looks at him with a stern face and says, What aren't you telling me, Dan? Why the border zone? And what do the Orions have to do with Earth? Admiral Timpson look at Jack and instructs him that what he is about to hear is top secret, and it is imperative that he keeps it to himself. No one is to know about it but him and his crew, that is, if he decides to take the mission. Jack looks at him with an impressionless face and replies, If I decide, okay, I promise. Now what is the real mission? Admiral Timpson takes out a file from his middle desk drawer and hands it to Jack. I take it you heard about medical corporations abducting lesser advanced races for testing to find a cure for the singe plague. While scanning through the pages in the file, Jack looks up at him and says, Yes, but I thought that was all rumors. Dan explains that Earth Force has known about it for years, but decided to turn a blind eye. He tells him how Earth Force funded some of the research, but they assumed that it was just gene and cell research. He then instructs him to take a good look at the pictures in the file, for he will see that someone has taken it a little too far. Halfway through the photo section, Jack is disgusted by what he sees. He looks up from the file and says, Dan, who would have done something like this? Dan takes a long puff from his cigar and replies, Right now, it looks like Syntax, or maybe the proxies. Looking shocked, Jack shouts, The proxies! Admiral Timpson, not surprised by his reaction, blows out a long cloud of smoke followed by one word, yes. He proceeds to tell Jack how the autopsy revealed proxy organs 
in the Orion Corps. And if the proxies are involved, that means a lot of treaties have been violated, possibly by both sides. Jack hearing the name proxy becomes more curious about the mission, but will not let on whether he would take it or not. He asked the Admiral how a recon mission will clear up the mess Air Force has gotten into. Admiral Timpson tells him that he is the only captain that has dealt with the proxies in war and treaty negotiations and that this mission will require both qualifications. Jack looks at him, puts his hand on his chin and says, I know this is a dangerous mission and it might take longer than a week, but Dan, you know, every time I face the proxy, people die. Yes, it seems that way, replies the Admiral. The Admiral gets up from his desk, walks over to Jack and sets in the chair next to him. He starts in with how Earth Force is ashamed for what has happened and how they now realize from the past few events that they have become the aggressors from their own 20th century history of being abducted for science and war purpose. Jack nods in agreement and starts in on the law of the universe. There exists a law enforced by the United Planets, outlawing abductions, and he wonders what the other worlds would have to say about this particular incident. The Admiral brushes his hands through what little here he has left, looks at him and tells him how no one wants to oppose Earth Force and how no one wants another universal war, not with so much instability among the races. As the Admiral clears his throat, <clears throat> he began explaining the reason for the lack of universal law enforcement and with the four of the Starless Alliance, how all the planets are racing to claim the Starless territories as part of their own. He shows him reports of some races at war with one another. He reminds Jack that the United Planets was formed just to defeat the Starless Alliance and how most races have no use for the United Planets treaties now. Jack agrees with his explanation and informs him that he has seen a few conflicts on his last mission to Talion. The Admiral seeing the captain becoming a little more reachable says, then you understand Jack, why we have to clean up our own mess before we end up in a conflict with the proxies. Jack calmly says, in a conflict, we may be already. Jack gets up from his seat, walks over to the window, looks out over the beautiful Colorado landscape, turns around and looks at the Admiral and says, I still can't believe Earth Force has let this happen. Admiral Timson gets up and walks over and stands next to him and begins explaining how Earth Force got involved with Syntax how the need for a cure for the plague was top priority and the doctors in Earth Force had no clue how to combat it. They felt if one of the corporations could find a cure and no one got hurt, then the origin of the cure would get lost in the celebration. Jack aware of how important it is to find a cure is still surprised that Earth Force broke his own law. He reminds Dan that his daughter is infected with the plague, but he is not going to go out and abduct other races to find a cure. Dan with sympathy say, I pray every day for my godchild, Jack. Experiments were not our intentions. We thought only genetic research was taking place until the Orient Corpse was discovered on the moon Pyrus. We are not sure what is taking place now. Jack shaking his head say, well, hell, if Earth Force had not sanctioned the research, then none of this would have happened. Why doesn't Earth Force just put an end to the research? The Admiral, having had about enough of explaining himself to a junior officer, friend or not, snaps at Jack. 
Damn it, Captain. You are not listening. It is not as simple as that. As I mentioned earlier, we also found evidence of proxy medical procedures, and we had no idea the corporations were using Orients in their experiment. Still talking, the Admiral turns and walks back to his desk. We told Syntac to stay out of other races' territories and the border zone. Being the planet Orient is in the border zone, that is where the problem lies. Admiral Timpson picks up the half-smoked cigar from the ashtray and lights it. We're assuming the proxies do not know yet. And if they were to intercept one of the corporation ships or find one of the Orions that was experimented on by Syntax, then it could mean war. Jack walks back over to the desk, looks at the Admiral, hands him the picture of the corpse and says, What if the proxies are the only ones doing experiments and none of it was performed by Syntax? The Admiral puts the pictures down on the desk and says, We thought of that also. There are a lot of questions you see, Jack. That is why I want you to take this mission. I mean, it is easy to keep them from crossing into our borders, but keeping them out of the border zone has proven more difficult than we expected. Jack, if the proxies are involved, we need to know. Admiral Timpson, feeling he has convinced Jack to take the mission, moves from behind his desk and walks up to him and says, If the proxies are involved, your mission is to find out why they are in the border zone, why they are experimenting on the Orients, and what this has to do with human organs in another race. Jack, those are a few questions among many that I need you to find the answers to. Jack pats his friend on the shoulders. I'll take the mission, Admiral, but I'll be damned if I'm going to take a crew into the border zone with a Class II Nova vessel. Admiral Timpson clicks a button on his desk and tells him to take a look at the Vapcom. Jack turns and sees the biggest and most beautiful cruiser he has ever seen, for it is the new Galaxy-class cruiser. He is surprised to see a cruiser almost as big as a battle carrier. Admiral Timpson smiles and looks at Jack and hypnotically says, Her name is the Star Crusher. Jack, with a surprise grin breaking from ear to ear, says, A galaxy cruiser? I've heard of her. I thought I would never get another cruiser command since the last two unfortunate incidents. The Admiral replies, Don't worry, my friend. This one will protect itself from you. Admiral Timpson reaches into his desk and pulls out a folder and hands it to Jack. The folder is a portfolio that contains the mission's orders and crew manifests. Jack opens it up and reads a few lines. Realizing what it is, he informs the Admiral that he wants to pick his own crew. The Admiral tells him that the portfolio only contains the ship's doctor and the enlisted crew, and he knew he would want to pick his own command officers. He explains to Captain Biffer that he already chose the doctor due to her knowledge of the plague and her vast experience aboard Galaxy-class cruisers. Captain Biffer looks up from the portfolio and says, Janet Basin. She would have been my first choice, Admiral. The Admiral nods and gives his first order to the newly reinstated Captain Biffer. Have your officer crew manifest to me by 1,500 hours, and I will have the orders drawn up and sent out. He paused and then continues. And Captain Biffer, if you require anything else, let me know. The captain, seeing that things have become official, addressed Dan by his rank. Admiral, you owe me a retirement party, a big damn retirement party and none of those tasteless Mars cigars. The Admiral nods in agreement and remarks, Let's try to avoid war, Captain. Captain Biffer raises his eyebrows, sighs, and says, 
Don't worry, I won't start it. Captain Biffa turns to leave the admiral office. He stops and looks at the incident at the front desk, who has given him that he convinced you look. The captain nods his head once, turns and heads back to his quarters. Join us next time for Chapter 5 of Star Crush.